Caution. The contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello and welcome everybody to this episode of the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. And today we've got a little bit of an off-kilter one for you. Remember that last episode a few back where we talked about our experiences in watching concerts recorded versus live? Well, today we are doing a similar sort of chat where we're going to be talking about outdoor concerts. Yes, outdoor concerts and indoor concerts and what the differences are. So, uh, let's let's get started. Allison, do you like or dislike watching concerts outside? I think I'd have to say I'm more for it than against it. Really? Yes. It's, it seems that's a far more uh, lukewarm <laughs> response than I was expecting. Please explain. Well, I think we're going to get into this for sure as we go along. But, I mean... Overall, I really like the atmosphere of an outdoor concert. Like, I, I think it's really fun to be there. Hearing music in an outdoor setting is just something new and different. But, I mean, if you really want to listen to music for the depth and what the composer was trying to convey, I think you have to do that indoors. I might agree with that. Uh, the indoor concert, certainly with the hall acoustics combined with whatever speaker setup or paneling or whatever the concert director wants to use uh, and lets the concert director create the sound that they want, create the experience that they desire uh, mm-hmm. for, for the whole audience. However, I there is definitely something said for the accessibility and the not just the atmospheric atmosphere, uh, but the casual atmosphere of an outdoor concert. I very much enjoy outdoor concerts just because, you know, you can... There's enough space to spread out as you want. You can bring a picnic blanket. You can bring uh, your own little folding chair that's larger and more comfortable than the ones in in your concert hall. (laughs) You can bring uh, a picnic with you. You, Yeah, it's it's extremely... It's extremely casual, and it's it's much... It's a very social event. Right, so... Definitely picnics at concerts are something that I would love to get into. Let's just, let's talk about picnics. No, yeah, let's talk about picnics. Okay, I think having a picnic while listening to a concert is one of my absolute favorite things to do. (laughs) I feel like whenever I go to a picnic, I always go all out and bring real fancy stuff, like bringing out tea sets and cheesecakes. You you and I have eaten many pies at many 4th of July concerts outdoors Mm -hmm. before. (laughs) Yeah, so, I don't know. When I have a picnic, I make it really special. And then having the live music there, it just seems like it's such a special event, and it just elevates whatever you're listening to to a higher level, I think. So you can just be sitting there listening to, say, the Stars and Stripes forever, but you could be drinking your own most expensive choice beverage and eating Grandma's homemade pie, and it's just... 
everything just seems to fall into place of like, for a moment, everything is wonderful and perfect. I just love it. And then it inevitably starts to rain or blow your picnic blanket away. And that's one of the dangers of an outdoor concert, <laughs> right? So those, I, I, I believe that in outdoor concerts, at least in my experience, small distractions are, are, are removed. You have people, you know, people talking quietly amongst themselves or somebody playing with their phone or, you know, kids getting up and walking around a little, you know, walking around, going to the bathroom or whatever. Those are, you know, kill, mood killers in indoor, intimate indoor concert experiences. Yes. But outside, they are removed. You just don't, you just don't notice those because everybody is sort of doing, everybody's sort of doing their own thing, and that's the atmosphere. Now, what I will say is that there is room for those small annoyances, especially when it comes to other people, to morph into very large annoyances. And sometimes people feel like they can get away with more, and they begin to disrupt the experience for everybody else. I would particularly like to bring up the concept of talking at outdoor concerts, because I think there's kind of a big debate of whether you should or shouldn't and i think it might also have to do with perhaps the venue that you're at so maybe there's a gradient of when you should and shouldn't talk but let's say for example that you're at a fourth of july concert and you'd really like to hear the marches that are being played but other people around you don't it's of course an outdoor space and so people have their right to talk and be merry but at the same time They've obviously made a commitment to come out to hear this musical spectacle, so shouldn't they respect it just a little bit and talk quietly? I, and I think the talking quietly is the key right there, because in a, in a concert hall, you shouldn't talk at all during the performance, because your, your sound will carry. Mm -hmm. um, but outside, quiet conversation is not going to disrupt somebody who's who's on their own picnic blanket 10 feet from you because there's some birds as that are doing that louder than you are. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a, com it's a completely different experience. I think those, those social, those social distractions can be, can be somewhat removed because of the greater separation and because a lot is lost to the open air. Now, a lot of sound from the stage is also lost to the open air mm -hmm. uh, and without a proper PA setup it can be it can be a far diminished listening experience. I agree. Let's talk a little bit about the different types of music. And this might also have a little bit to do with the level of talking that's acceptable, but I feel like there are different levels of music that are presented at outdoor concerts. So we've mentioned of course 4th of July concerts and there's the standard American-esque marches and you might also hear some soundtracks from John Williams, let's say. Kind of general pop tunes that are presented at those concerts. There's also the type of concert that is a real symphony orchestra has taken their concert outside. And they're still playing masterworks like Mendelssohn and Brahms and the traditional things from the concert hall. 
And obviously those things have a lot more detail, and I'm just wondering if perhaps for those type of events that have a more serious nature to the program, should people take them a little more seriously despite being outside still? Now, are we just are we drawing any distinctions in the type of outdoor venue between something like a a full-on Red Rock-style amphitheater, which is basically a concert hall without the roof, or a stage in a park with a small grassy hill that people are sitting on? I think there's also kind of a difference there. So, like, as you mentioned, there's Red Rocks, of course, in Colorado. I've also recently attended a concert in Chicago for the Grant Park Orchestra held in Millennium Park, which they do have a large amphitheater area, but then they, in addition to that, have a grassy hill behind it that's set up with speakers. And in that venue, they do perform more traditional and serious works. Whereas I think the little small stage with a grassy hill in front of it, that's the kind of thing that we would normally see a Pops concert held on. I think that's very true. Uh, But to answer your question before, you know, I I, I think that it's not... I think people tend to take the Masterworks concerts more seriously, whether they're indoor or outdoor, not necessarily because the outdoor setting with Masterworks demands it, but because that's the type of audience that's more likely to go to that performance, whether indoor or outdoor. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of outdoor concerts are also advertised as free, which does in fact draw a different kind of crowd, as you mentioned, children, uh, that might not be taken to a normal concert hall setting. The question here would be, do you think that outdoor concerts serve a purpose in bringing music to people? Like, are the people who are attending them really enjoying it and becoming in? culturally enriched through it or are they just going to this event as a way to distract their kids for a few hours i definitely think that it serves an important purpose in bringing bringing music to everybody because if even if it's not free if it's an outdoor concert you can overhear it from the next block and so you are you're you're experiencing it in a way that you normally would not and even if you're not paying to get in you might be experiencing part of the concert as you walk by and with just with being outside with having a little bit more space and usually some smaller audiences it's 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 a, it's a much more casual experience it has less uh less stigma attached to it i guess i would say um less of a i'm going to go sit down and listen to Mendelssohn for two and a half hours versus I am going to bring a picnic and I'm going to have a day in the park and Mendelssohn's going to be there. (laughs) I would love to have a picnic with Mendelssohn. That would be great. (laughs) After our last episode, I think I'd like to have a a picnic with Telemann. (laughs) That would be a jovial picnic indeed. Indeed. (laughs) Now, you brought up walking past maybe not attending the outdoor concert but just kind of hearing it as you go by and i'd like to bring up the concept of live music at flea markets or street festivals that kind of thing and asa you and me both have experience performing in these kind of outdoor venues 
where there were people mulling around and the main attraction was not to come listen to the music, but we happened to be there. Right. So I would argue that these people, they're obviously they're not going to listen to the entire performance, but do you think that they appreciate the music being there? I think they do, and I don't. I don't think there. I think there's very, very few people who would walk past a concert going on and cover their ears and go, "Oh no, there's <laughs> Bach," or or even in a pops concert, "Oh no, that's the Star Wars theme song." You know, it's. I, I think there's very few people, and if they do exist, they're not the people that I would want to meet. Uh, and so, I, I definitely think that. It's just, you're just putting that music out there into the world and you are putting it into the ears of everybody walking by and they might remember that a week later like I heard a snippet of, snippet of this Beethoven symphony I was, as I was walking to the store on Saturday um, maybe I'll look that up because it sounded very interesting but I think the point that you make about the audience um, is is definitely a good one The a, a an audience that walks into a concert hall uh, to 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 listen to this and view this is going to expressly enjoy the concert, and you are going to be experiencing that performance with a crowd of similarly interested and engaged concert goers, whereas the audience at an outdoor concert is most likely going to be far more varied of of people who are there because it's free or there because it's cheap or simply there because they wanted to to do something else on their you know Sunday afternoon. Uh, or stumbled across it as they were walking by, um, so it's 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 less of an event than it is if you go to a uh, a curated indoor performance. I see. That's a very good point. Uh, let's kind of flip sides here, and instead of talking about perhaps the audience's perspective, let's talk about the performers' perspectives. So as I mentioned, we've both performed outdoor venues before. And I'd like to talk maybe a little bit about our process of choosing works that we thought were suitable to be performed outside, and then maybe a little bit about our experiences actually performing. And in this discussion, I'd also like to bring up the concept of inclement weather. Ah, yes. (laughs) First off, when people perform outside, I think there is a certain... Unless they are going specifically to say, oh, I'm going to perform this symphony and our venues outdoors. But little chamber groups who are going outdoors to perform, I think there's some flexibility in the programming that allows them to pick specific works that they think would be good. And I would argue that often they'd pick works that are more upbeat. Even if they're not pops, they kind of have that pops feel that they're upbeat with a nice rhythm and tune that people can kind of get behind and dance to. I would semi-agree with that. I think in our own experience of programming uh, of programming concerts for an outdoor venue, uh, we have stuck mostly to upbeat performances, upbeat and energetic works, um, if nothing else, because they're the works that people are going to hear from the back of the field. Right. So if since since we have not performed in a venue that had a PA system for us, there was no way for us to amplify our sound and bring that to and bring that through the breeze and through the, for example, the hubbub (laughs) of an outdoor market. 
to to the back of our impromptu stage. Uh, and so versus, we, we contrast that for to some of the 4th of July concerts uh, that I've performed with the Loveland Concert Band, where we have had some more subtle, some quieter works. But in contrast, it's a small, it's sort of an intimate amphitheater that we would perform at. And there was a PA system. So we were amplified and essentially broadcast to the back of that hill. And so we were able to choose works that were a little bit more subtle, that had some more dynamic contrast where the quiet parts uh, were able, still able to be heard and enjoyed by the entire audience. Those are good points. So it really has to do with the venue rather than just purely being outdoors. I think that is very important. Since the sound is going to carry very well in an indoor concert hall, those dynamics and those subtleties will come out just by nature of, of being there. You know, we, we, we practice and we rehearse to the hall that we're going to be performing in, uh, to, the, to, the, to the stage that we're going to be performing on, and we should do the same when we're programming, for, programming and rehearsing for an outdoor stage. If we know which one that we're going to be working on, then we should perform and we should rehearse and we should program to that stage to make an enjoyable experience for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then finally, let's talk about some rain. Let's so, talk about some rain. Of course, I'm sure lots of people have instances where they've tried to go to an event, but it rained and it was canceled because no one wants to sit out in the rain. <laughs> However, we have kind of a different experience. We... We're lucky enough to perform in a venue that had a kind of pagoda covering for us. So we weren't going to be gotten wet by performing. And it was one of the most transformative performance experiences I think we've had performing in a r major rainstorm. Oh, yes. Now, we might not have really had an audience for it, but we were still there. People could have heard us. <laughs> people and people did hear us because they crowded under the pagoda with us. <laughs> That's very true. I very much understand why orchestras would want to cancel their concerts if it's raining, because rain, of course, is not good for instruments. However, I am of the opinion that if there is a way to keep the orchestra dry, that the show should go on. Absolutely. You know, we, we see that. That's, again, about the venue, uh, because we see things like the Loveland Concert Band venue that we had, that, that we performed at, uh, had a covered concrete stage red rocks amphitheater has a covered stage and those shows go on rain or shine just whether whether it's a classical concert or a heavy metal concert they go on rain or shine uh and i think that's that's entirely that's entirely venue specific uh once again and of course it's up a little bit to what the performers wish to do but that's true so as an audience member if it was raining, but the concert was still going on, would you still go? If I had prepared well, if I if it was actively raining, I'm not sure that I would leave my like that I would get out of the car and set up a blanket and sit down on wet grass. Now, if I was at the concert and it began to rain, I if I had an umbrella, if I had a raincoat, I'm also not sure that I would get up and go back into my car and drive home if the concert was still continuing. So, as long as you're prepared, and as long as the orchestra is still going, you're down to clown with the sound. I'm down to clown with the sound, indeed. <laughs> Alright, so, if you haven't experienced an outdoor concert, listeners, 
there's still some summertime weather left and there's probably still some little markets you could go to, some festivals maybe. I really encourage you to get out there and listen to some music in the open air and take as fancy of a picnic as you want. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Coffee House Classical Music Podcast. If you liked this episode, tell us so on our Facebook page or send us feedback to coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. And in any case, leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play and share these podcast episodes with your friends who also enjoy classical music or discussion or outdoor concerts and take them as well. <laughs> for the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Beethoven's Symphony No. 6 and Mendelssohn's Symphony No. 5 were performed by the DuPage Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Barbara Schubert. Sousa's Stars and Stripes Forever March was performed by the United States Marine Band, conducted by Michael Colburn. Please leave a rating and review for The Coffeehouse on iTunes or Google Play, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. You can like us on Facebook and Instagram for fun musical updates. You can email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. Thank you.